परब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुदेव महेश्वर गुरु साक्षात परब्रह्म तस्मै श्री गुरवे नमः आई बाउ टू माय गुरु इन ऑल डिवाइन फॉर्म्स एंड आल्सो इन यू टुडे आई एम गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट और आई बिगिन माय रीडिंग on uh, from conversations with yogananda i'm going to talk about the tests that everyone goes through when he tries to serve god it wasn't easy during the early days at mount washington the master told us to get this work started few people understood and few even even cared about what i was trying to accomplish once i actually had to move away from mount washington I rented a house elsewhere. Divine Mother, I prayed, chop all their heads off. After a few days, the place was empty, the troublemakers had gone, and as I was able to return once again to an atmosphere of peace. In the vision I had in 1948, that was a vision which uh, I've described this vision in my autobiography, The Path. Divine Mother said to me. In the early years I sent you a few bad ones to test your love for me. Now I am sending you angels, and whoever smites them, I will smite. Well, it's simply a part of the path. I suppose it's one thing that makes many people not come on to it because they figure that they haven't bargained for prayer for testing and persecution, but it has to come. You you can't put forth energy and not have an imposing energy. You can't try to do good without having darkness try to stop you. And sometimes that darkness, strange as it may seem, is actually personified in your own fellow devotees. The story of Saint John of the Cross is a very interesting one, because it was his own monastery that tried to keep him from branching out in a new. direction which god had inspired him with and even on his deathbed his greatest persecutor came into his room room looking for information that he could use to destroy him it's it's not a happy aspect of the spiritual path and yet you do have to reach the point and it's a wonderful point where you just don't care you see it's all a dream anyway but remember When you become a warrior you have to have somebody to fight. When you take up the spiritual path Arjuna I mean Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita put it on a uh, uh, a battlefield that you have to do battle with the darkness in you. Now that darkness is going to objectify itself too. The satanic force is not just subjective. My guru once said that I used to think Satan was only a, a mental concept. but now that i have found god i have to join my testimony to that of all who went before me satan does exist and he works consciously and deliberately to try to prevent people from finding who they are from finding god love is opposed by hatred joy is opposed by suffering and anger and all the negative emotions that try to take you out of your joy it is an unfortunate perhaps but yet not unfortunate 
only seems that way to the worldly person who would like, once he comes onto the spiritual path, to think that, oh, now it's just going to be a bed of roses. Well, God, instead of strewing roses in your path, is much more likely to strew brambles. An easy life can never be a victorious life. You have to accept this is true. But in the beginning, God does sort of help you to know often a little bit of what the future holds for you so you won't just be beaten down from the beginning. So in the beginning, there are consolations and people often have uh, wonderful visions and so on. And then the hard work comes. But it seems like the more you try to do to serve God, the more Satan tries to do to stop you from serving God. And uh, I have spoken sometimes in these talks about the persecution. Jesus said, whoever renounces everything for my sake will receive a thousandfold, but also persecution. And my guru added to that, no one escapes persecution. It seems like the more you do, the more you get. I should say, you more the more you get it in the neck. It's, it's an odd thing. Um, for example, one thing I have really never been interested in is money. I've only used money for other people. Now, people for years tried to, in the law courts, prove that I was an avaricious, gluttonous, greedy kind of person who wanted nothing but to gain from other people. Well, it simply wasn't true. They've talked about a Swiss bank account. I had this secret Swiss bank account. The truth is that I did found a bank account with some money that my father gave me. I put $10,000 in it so that if I was ever a burden to anybody, that I would be able to spend my money and not depend on them to help me. And uh, so they made this into this big thing. Actually, no money was ever put into that bank account. It gradually dwindled when it reached about 3,000. I just closed it. But you wouldn't believe the stories that people built up around that. And so it goes on, don't be surprised. It's a part of the game. And mind you, you need a little pepper on your food. You need a little spicing. It would be pretty bland if you didn't have it. So don't worry how people talk about you. You worry about your own conscience. Are you true in yourself? Are you true to your principles? If, if you are not, then you better change. But usually it isn't people who are guilty that are persecuted. It's people who aren't at all guilty. And it's amazing the anger that can be stirred up. I know this one lawyer who did his best to work against me. He was defusing um, uh, one, of the, one of my students. And she, at the end of it, tried to look at him as if to say mentally, never, no, no, whatever you've said, I still am your friend. And that just drove him crazy. And he said, you can tell you're Mr. Walters, that's my Christian name, you might say, my family name, that I'm going to destroy him. And he's done his best, bless his heart. I don't wish him ill. He's just a person doing what he understands. He may be dark. And it may be an instrument of Satan. In fact, yes, it is. But what does it matter? If it isn't going to come in one way, 
it's going to come in another. Instead of a warrior grieving because somebody has hit him, just assume that that's what war is about. Accept it, but remember that you must be in your own self, true to yourself, centered in yourself. You know, I've noticed that people who are completely centered, nothing can shake them. Those who are outside on their periphery, no matter, it's sort of like the illustration I've used before of a skier. <coughs> if a skier is, has made up his mind he wants to turn left and is already leaning left, suddenly comes to a bump that shows him he's got to turn right, he'll fall down because he's not centered in himself. He's already committed to a movement. He'll just go that way. But if you're centered in yourself, you can go left or right, anything you want to. This is how my guru was. He certainly had his share of opposition. One time, I'm told, I didn't see this or experience it, but one time there were three men who were waiting by the elevator down which he came with guns to kill him. And Divine Mother showed him so he didn't come down. But so many things he had to experience. One time in, during the Depression years, um, he had talked very strongly about how the rich people should not take advantage of the poor, driving them into further poverty so they can become rich. And he said that this is not, and he named a few names. Well, people after that lecture said, better not go home alone. He said, I'm not afraid. God is with me. In the darkened corner of the station, uh, the train station, somebody came and put a gun in his ribs. He said, why did you say that about those people? My guru in all innocence said, well, they're all God's children, and God is not pleased when his rich children take advantage of his poor children. Imagine saying this to somebody who's been sent to shoot you. But then he looked at this man with a great deal of power, love and power, and he said, why do you live the way you do? You're not happy. I demand that Satan come out of you. And he looked at him with such power that the man began to tremble. And he said, I, what have you done? You've, I can't be like that anymore. I was sent to shoot you. And he ran away. Well, that kind of power is ultimately the power that will win. But don't think that Satan won't put up a good fight. And don't be afraid either. God is more powerful than Satan. God is your, your banner. Fight under that banner and be free in yourself. And know this too, whatever they do, whatever happens to you, nothing can touch you. The soul, as I said last time, cannot be, I'm quoting the Bhagavad Gita, fire cannot burn it. Swords cannot cut it. Wind cannot drive it away. Water cannot drown it. The soul is forever perfect. Live in the soul, and you will know that nothing, nothing, nothing ever can affect you. And so it is. Well, I've told the story of one time when uh, our temple was burned to the ground. And I came into a local shop that day, and the woman knew about what had happened. I was singing. And she said, what are you you're singing? I said, well, I've lost the temple. I haven't lost my voice. And she said, oh, my goodness. When my house burned, I 
For six weeks, I was, for six months, I was weeping. He said, well, why waste six months? You're going to stop weeping eventually. Just, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, doesn't happen to you. Never accept. I mean, supposing somebody spills coffee on your tie, and you think, oh, my beautiful new tie. Well, it's not you, for heaven's sake. It's your tie. It's just a thing. Your body, too, is just a thing. And your reputation, indeed, even if people want to destroy it by false means, it's just a thing. You can't be touched in yourself. I remember in the courtroom, sitting there and thinking, you can take everything away from me, but you will not take and cannot take away from me the only thing that matters to me, which is my love for you. If I have love for God, what else matters? Remember, that's your treasure. When you put your treasure there where thieves cannot get at it and moths cannot destroy it and no one, no bum can blow it up, that treasure is your own relationship with God and with your own higher self. In yourself, you can't be touched. <coughs> so how to get into that self? Well, the answer is not philosophy. That's not enough. Philosophy can convince you of everything until something goes wrong and suddenly you don't have to control. Meditation. When you meditate deeply every day, <coughs> you reach a level of inner calmness where you understand you are not this body. And you go deeper still and you understand you're not this ego. You're nothing that changes and passes away. You are eternal. You can never change in your inner self. Now, meditation is more than sort of a cessation of thinking. Meditation also brings in a positive side. It makes you centered in yourself, but then in that center, you begin to become aware of a higher consciousness. You begin to be aware of a sound that fills the whole universe. You become aware of a light that is so steadily, so steady and stable that you realize that is my candle in darkness that no wind can blow out. That's what you want to cling to. And then when you come out of meditation, really the experience after a deep meditation is what's all the excitement about? Nothing really matters. The more you keep on with your meditation, it does, it's, I want to make this very clear because many people don't understand it. It isn't that it makes you irresponsible. It doesn't make you indifferent to your duties. As, our, as Krishna said to Arjuna, you must do your duty. But the thing is that you can do things much better if you aren't attached. When people are afraid of the outcome of what they are doing, they can never do it well. The way to do a thing well is Nishkam karma, not to be attached to the fruits of your action, and to realize that God, anyway, is the one acting through you, so that whatever happens, good, bad, success, failure, when I started Ananda 36 years ago, um, people were saying, well, you can't possibly succeed. Success communities have been started all through history. They've all failed. Well, that's not true. But I said, well, it doesn't, I don't even think in terms of failure or success. I'm not doing it because I don't want to fail. I'm not doing it because I want to succeed. 
I'm doing it because it is something I have to do. My guru wanted it done. I, from the age of 15, had had this dream, and it was simply a duty. And if I fail, okay. Probably I'll start again and try again. But uh, at any rate, failure and success aren't important because you'll never lose yourself. That's what can't be taken away from you. And as long as you have yourself, you can get up, dust your hands off, and start again. Be strong in yourself. Don't worry about what other people say. Don't worry about their criticisms. They're usually wrong anyway. You know, the reason I've never been nervous as a speaker is that I just figure that human opinions don't really matter. I respect them, but their opinions change from day to day. So when you have and when you place all your hopes in God, when you aspire only to Him, then He takes charge of your life and you don't have to worry too much. Everything will come out right in the end. It may not seem destined that, in that direction, but it will, because ultimately the ending of it all is satyadanandam, infinite, ever-perfect, ever-new bliss. Joy to you. When human hopes toward Of earthly skill.